Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, excited podcaster, here another day to be with you good people. And I am always excited and elated to share this space with you guys as we discuss everything, speech, language, play, development, homeschooling, and all that other stuff that falls in between. Because why? We're here to learn how to connect with our sugars, grow, learn, and whether that happens directly or indirectly, that's what I'm here to navigate us for. My role to continue to tool you guys up. So let me get this started. Let, let's really get this party started because we have kicked 2021 off right with some wonderful topics, some fresh new stuff. And if you have not checked out these episodes, January's episodes, I'm telling y'all, I came out reeled up. And so we started talking about brain and gut and the relationship and how it impacts learning and thinking and attention. Then we talked about how to navigate insurance because sometimes that could be a tricky business. And although we don't have all the answers, at least we started kind of thinking about some questions that we need to ask ourselves to get on the right track, right? Functional living. How can I take this stuff and make it applicable? I can talk, y'all. I promise I can talk. And finally, community access. Oh my gosh, it takes a village. It takes a village to be a parent. It takes a village to raise a sugar. It takes a village to understand everything. And even after all of that village, you still walk away just needing what you need. And so I want you guys not only to check these episodes out, continue to spread the word, continue to join the community because there's so much great information out there. And you know me, I may monologue a little bit, but all in all, again, this is to get us really thinking about some stuff and to really focus in on the growing and learning aspect to help us better connect. And so that's why I'm here. That's what we're doing. And we're just going to continue to bring these topics to look at our sugars and the way that we're navigating these systems from a global lens. And I think that's what 2021 is really going to be about looking at the growing and learning aspects of things. So today, we are going to be talking, getting a second opinion. When should you world changers get a second opinion? And no, I did not pull out any fancy research behind this one, but there's always a but. I have a boatload of professional and personal experience that once again will get us thinking about these processes and why we're doing what we're doing and all of that other jazz. So let's get this party started, y'all. Why do we want to get a second opinion? Well, we get second opinions about everything else. I mean, think about it. If you're looking for a new look, if you're thinking about a new haircut, if you're thinking about changing up your clothing or your furniture or whatever it is, paint color, like my mother-in-law just went through this kitchen renovation, and she wanted to repaint her cabinets and jazz things up, make things a little bit spicy. And so what does she do? First things first, got a second opinion. When we think about schools and jobs and all these areas of life, we always get a second opinion, a little bit of a weigh-in. Even if we have an idea, we rely on the people that are closest to us to give us information. Why do we rely on them? Because Somewhere in our minds, we know that 
Having another set of eyes will point out things that we don't necessarily always see, provide aspects of things, provide just a different, fresh perspective. That's why we get second opinions. So this is why we should get second opinions when it comes to thinking about should we be getting a second opinion about our sugars? And I'm going to make this make more sense. The second reason why we get second opinions, we rarely seek out second opinions when it comes to our sugars diagnosis or in many cases, lack of getting a diagnosis. But you know me by now, y'all. If you've been listening, you know that if it don't look right, feel right, smell right, we get somebody else to come in, a professional, somebody, and we get ourselves some help. So that's why we really think about getting second opinions when it comes to diagnosis to make sure that everything is kind of lining up the way that we think or just to get a, hey, I see that too. Finally, we rarely seek a second opinion about services being rendered. Say, for example, sugar already has a diagnosis and services are being rendered. Rarely do we ask ourselves, is this working? Do I understand what's happening? What's my role? And more importantly, should I even have a role? And so we need to be thinking of these processes. And it's so important for us to think on these processes because we're rarely relying on our gut and our intuition when professionals are providing help or if they're providing an opposing position or maybe they don't get to the roots of things. This is so important when collaborating with your team. And so these are the reasons that we want to seek a second opinion. I just want us to make sure that we're thinking about what's going on, but also getting like those extra set of ears and eyes to answer those questions or even bring up those questions, right? And so today I'm going to break it down. Boom. Three different scenarios to help us get along and figure out why getting a second opinion is so important or can be so important. Situation one, pediatrician. Pediatricians are like some of my favorite people in the world. I think that that would have been like my second career choice, but I like to talk so much. So like the five minute, 10 minute visits would have easily turned into like falling behind schedule every day. <laughs> so, so that wasn't the path for me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But wellness visits, right? They should be seen as like this global this global observation from your pediatrician. In fact, during those visits, not only should it be the pediatrician putting their eyes on your sugar from a global perspective and, and them asking questions and scaffolding for information, you should have an amazing relationship with them because you want to be able to collaborate with them and talk about stuff that you're seeing. Why? Because you're trusting them with your sugar. And if you have that relationship to where they're just kind of telling you and talking at you, then it's not quite enough to discern or figure out if everything is where it should be and if you understand where things should be. Because I hear so often, I just didn't know because nobody told me. But when you have that relationship, guess what tends to happen? Think about people you have a relationship with. You don't necessarily have to ask them to tell you stuff. It just naturally kind of flows, right? So it's not enough to gauge if your pediatrician is nice or not. I mean, nice is good. Like, thank God if you have a nice pediatrician, like you don't want somebody who is not very nice, kind of cantankerous. You do want them to be nice, but you also want them to be informative. It's so important 
that they're informative and that they're a fit for you. As a matter of fact, I don't care if they're dry and informative. As long as you guys feel good and comfortable with each other and have that trusting, established relationship, and it does go both ways. Next, do you gel? Do you feel comfortable with them? And I've already kind of like snuck that in there that you guys need to gel. You guys need to be comfortable with each other. You need to be happy with each other. And you need to be asking yourself if you're asking a question, is your question being answered? There's nothing worse than asking a question and the question not being answered or re-asking that question and another answer being answered, but never directly in relationship to the question that you're asking. This is not the time for someone to be elusive with you. Like you want them to give you the information that you need to get to where you need to go, right? And finally, are they giving you the information that you need to know to help you move your sugar along or simply telling you what you want to hear? Oh, we do not have time to get told what we want to hear when it comes to our sugar. We have time to hear what's real, to start processing those feelings, to deal with whatever is in front of us and make sure that we're getting informed in a way so we can push them to progress. And it's so important for us to be able to do that and get that information and give that that information, again, reciprocity. And so it does start with them. But, but, but if you're not sharing pertinent information with your pediatrician and being honest with them, then they're not going to always guess or identify. And this is why that rapport is so important. And this is why us being in the know is so important and being comfortable with these processes and being comfortable with our sugar. And if they're not meeting milestones or if there's gaps and if we're seeing those gaps, if they're asking us being honest and saying, yes, this is happening, what can I do? Because we don't want to waste time, right? On the other hand, if you have a concern and that concern is ignored, that's when it's a good time to seek a second opinion. Bam. I know you were wondering when it was coming. <laughs> that's when it comes. If you have a concern that's consistently ignored, that's when it's time to seek a second opinion. Situation two. Teachers, educators, I love them too. They just know everything about everything. I just, teachers, man, high five to you guys. You guys are some of the most creative people out there. And I want you world changers to be thinking about it like this. Outside of you, teachers and educators are the people who spend the most time with your sugar. I don't care if it's a classroom full of 20. They still, at some point, in most cases, have observed your sugar and know your sugar. And probably in a different light than you know your sugar. Why? Because they're, they're asserting their independence with the educator. So the educator gets to see a different thing from them that you don't necessarily get to see. Uh-huh. Think about it. Not only should our educators and do our educators observe academic progress, they should also be looking at the social and emotional. Mm-hmm. That should be on their radar. And that does not stop at pre-K. I'm gonna just put a plug in out there that even high school teachers, high school educators, middle school educators are usually watching. My sister is a, is a high school teacher and I'm telling y'all, she's watching. <laughs> she is watching like a hawk, as a matter of fact. You can't, you can't get a lot over on that one. So just like pediatricians, you should have an outstanding relationship with your child's educator. Why? Because when teachers are comfortable, 
they're going to provide you more information about your sugar's progress. Now, if you go in there, world changer, and you know who you are and you know who you aren't. And if you're going in there knowing it all, being snipey, being rude, and not really listening and making it a collaboration, ooh, you, you probably just shut that down. You probably need to get a little bit of humble pie, bring an apple or two, and go and go and reapproach that situation and really always think about it from, from this mindset of wanting to collaborate. And if I hurt anybody's feelings, I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody's feelings because I understand like this is your sugar. And then if you have this teacher who's saying stuff to you and you don't even know where it's coming from and you don't agree, keep in mind, your sugar sees this educator every day, right? And so they have a relationship established just like you do. You and that educator may not have a relationship established, but you and your sugar's educator, they do. And so we want things to, to work in sync and flow in harmony. And this is why I always advocate from a very young age. And you guys have heard me say, please get to know your sugars educators. Please be in community with your sugars educators. Not only does it help you and allow you to advocate for them, but when you get some not so good news, nobody wants to have the first conversation be not so good news about your sugar. You should by now know them, know them by name, know who they are, know their office hours, have it written down somewhere. Hmm. Hmm. I told y'all I was on mm, February. I was coming out the gates today, y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all. Now, on the other hand, if your sugar's educator is not listening to your concerns, because this happens too. I know, world changers, that there is not just one side of the coin and a one size fits all thing. But if that teacher, that educator is not listening, they're ignoring you or avoiding being collaborative with you then yes, that can certainly hinder the teamwork aspect. And so I'm gonna give you an example for me. Before I was a homeschooler, I would over-communicate with my sugar teachers. I would, they probably got tired of me. I would tell them if drop-off, I would shoot an email and be like, hey, drop-off was rough this morning or hey, they had a late night or I was out of town. So if you see something emotionally or socially that don't look right, feel right, smell right, or they're like yawning all day during your class, it's not you. It might be them. And this is why, because I wanted the educators to know, A, that we are a team and it's important for them to know who they're going to face that day, right? <laughs> who they're coming in contact with because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde will come. Kids have personalities too, right? And so it kept the lines of communication open for us so I could ask tough questions or they could even feel comfortable enough asking me questions. Because remember, it goes both ways. And I noticed that the more I communicated with them, it wasn't hard for them to tell me like, hey, this, let's try this or let's do that or this is what I'm seeing or what's going on. Any of that. It could be little stuff. It could be big stuff. But again, my point is keeping the lines of communication open. And I know you're wondering by now. How does this relate to getting a second opinion? Well, if you see your sugar is either falling behind or not progressing or facing social and emotional challenges or when they get in the car with you, you're seeing a much different person that you dropped off, your sugar educator should be able to give you some input to see if they're saying the same thing because they're observing all day. However, however, if they are not seeing what you are seeing, guess what? It's time to get a second opinion. Ha <laughs> ha! And number three, service providers. That's my world, 
Therapist. I love my fake porn. Us therapists, we're so tricky. We are a tricky bunch. Yes, we are. I love therapists. Speech therapists in particular. Because we are super knowledgeable. And I'm not saying that because I'm a speech therapist. Like, no, we have to be super knowledgeable. Because <laughs> we know a little bit about everything. But we also have like a big heart for helping people. Most therapists, like even if they're not the most fuzzy and warm, like when you peel back those layers, their hearts are genuinely for the people. However, sometimes it goes back to that onion and peeling back those layers, getting the information out of our head and those ideas out of our head, what we're trained to do and what like we are literally like trained to do and think a certain way. We don't always do a great job relaying that information to you guys in a way that's understandable. I've done it before. I've been guilty of it. I probably still am guilty of it. And I really try to be cognizant of it. I really try to think about it and not do that. But it does happen from time to time. And it doesn't always mean that we're bad at our job. It just means that we probably need to do a better job on how we're like communicating and coaching you guys. So when and why? Should you seek a second opinion about and pertaining to your relationship with your child's therapist? One, if you never have any idea of what the goals are, even after asking or after being asked what it is, it it wasn't clearly explained and you've asked again and again, it's time to get a second opinion. It's time to get more education from somewhere else, from someone else who can better either explain things or help you understand things. That is a great time to seek out a second opinion. You're never included in any of the processes or even provided an overview during reporting time that doesn't have such strong words that you're like, this is like a foreign language to me, even after asking. Three, your sugar is receiving services, has received services for years, and no progress has been made especially if it was a mild or moderate diagnosis, especially if you have been, especially if you have been trying to like work on the goals at home. And and that means you're doing your part as well, not just them and putting it off on them, but everybody, again, working as a team. You, You notice I'm not an either or, I am a together. Let's do this together. We are a team. Four, you are not comfortable with the therapist. And your sugar is obviously not comfortable with the therapist. If they have been seeing each other for six months and it's not a transitional issue to where they have difficulties with transitioning because they don't want somebody applying pressure on them, but you don't necessarily feel comfortable or maybe the strategies are a little bit just not quite in alignment, like whatever it is, it's time to seek a second opinion. Why? Again, collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. If you're not comfortable, if you don't get along, if their method doesn't work for you or your family after you've seriously tried it with a happy heart. And if your words continue to fall on deaf ears or the explanation is not enough, it's time to seek a second opinion. It is time. And that's okay. That's okay. Because again, if you're not feeling right, what do you think your sugar is feeling? They're still picking up on your feelings. 
the the observation hasn't gone like the observation hasn't suddenly died because they're a certain age like they're still observing and they're still practicing what you're showing they're not practicing what you're saying they're practicing what you're showing now i want to be very clear about this because this is not meant and and i hope in in no way shape form or fashion have i made any of you world changers or professionals feel like i am beating up on either party because i am not i want to be extremely clear that Second opinions are not meant to automatically fire the person that's working with your sugar. Bad idea. A third party may be able to act as a mediator to move things in a different direction to get you on the same page. There are some families that I work with where I'm more of a mediator than I am a speech therapist because maybe the sugar is getting therapy from another party. And so my role is to just give perspective and kind of bring everybody together in a different way. So don't automatically just fire the professional. First, try out a few things, have the conversation, see if you can collaborate, see if you can get on the same page, try some of this stuff out, rewind some stuff back, get your yellow notepad out, right? Take some notes on, and, and reflect on what needs to be done, right? Two, please, 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 please do not ever demean the professional working with your sugar. Bad idea. We are all about finding right fits, collaborating <laughs> in order to connect, grow, and learn. I don't want us to get into the habit of demeaning or using foul language to describe. It, it either works or it doesn't, right? Either the professional gels with you guys or they don't. For example, my little sugar, my sh little sugar, who's bigger than me now, she's not a little sugar anymore. She's legit bigger than me. She started playing violin at four and her original teacher is sweet as pie. Oh my gosh, sweet as pie. But they did not get along. <laughs> not in that way. They did not get along. And that did not mean that her, her violin teacher was a horrible person. It didn't mean that she was a bad teacher. She just wasn't a good fit for my daughter. And when we changed things over, we found a better fit. And that teacher is still teaching kids. Guess what? Because she's a good fit for other kids, not for my sugar. And that never gave us, my family, a reason to demean her or to say negative things about her because we still love her. We just didn't want to work with her in that capacity. But if it wasn't for her, then Mahana probably would have never picked up the violin. So you see what I mean? Like, it, it, you don't want to necessarily put that out there and, and like create negative feelings, like identify what's not working and be okay with being willing to move on peacefully and amicably. Cause that's a huge character lesson to teach to your sugars that some things just don't work out. Three, second opinions are definitely not meant to find someone to tell you what you want to hear. Mm. I'm gonna say that again. Second opinions are not meant to find someone to tell you what you want to hear. Sometimes news is what it is. The news is what it is. Bad news is not always fun news to hear. Observations are not always that bright and cheery. But if we're seeking a second opinion and we've sought third opinions, fourth opinions, fifth opinions, sixth opinions, and they've all told us the same thing, then a little bit of personal reflection either may need to take place. Or honestly, we might just have to pivot 
and rethink about how we're doing things, how things are being carried out. And it's not a blame game thing because honestly, there's good news and bad news. Because even with the news that we don't want to hear, we can figure out what those gaps are and we can figure out those areas that that need to be checked. And then we can take that information and figure out how we can reconnect with our sugar, reconnect with those professionals to push us to progress. Bad news is not a terrible thing. But finding someone who will tell you that what's happening is not real, that's, that's not good news either because it's not really helping anything. So it's okay, y'all. And, you know, I would honestly recommend listening to, if you haven't already, the episode with Debbie Reber, My Child's Not Broken. And I believe that's episode 32. Or read the blog uh, entitled, The Diagnosis Is Not Your Fault. There's a part one and part two. Because I know, world changer, that sometimes hearing what you don't want to hear is just not a fun thing. It's just not fun. And it's not a reflection of you. And it's not a reflection of your sugar. It has nothing to do with you being a great parent. It has nothing to do with that. But it, it really does have to do with accepting what's in front of you in order to be able to get the right people in your corner to help move things along. I don't know who that was for. That was not in my notes, but that was for someone out there. And you know what? I'm cheerleading for you along the way. And those blogs can be found at iheartspeechtherapy.com. So remember, World Changer, our goal is to connect, grow, and learn. And remember, right now, this season, we're looking at growing and learning together. Because the more we can connect with our professionals on the team, the more we can learn how to grow and learn how to help let our sugars make progress, right? And for us to make progress, too. And that's really what it's all about, making progress, pushing the purpose, understanding our needs, understanding our sugars' needs, understanding how to create a roadmap to get them to that place. Yes, you have needs too along the way. And I want you to be comfortable with acknowledging that, hey, I have needs too. I need to figure out how to deal with this. I need to figure out a map to get me to where I need to go. And I need a map to help me and Sugar get us where we need to go as a family. And I need people in my corner who are going to help me there. That's what we're here for, right? So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at questions at I've got this I could also be found on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter or on my website at iheartspeechtherapy.com. The links to my social media pages are in the show notes. As always, I'd love to hear from you guys, and I've been getting more and more messages. Keep sending them in. I love answering your questions. There's no silly question, just an unanswered one. World Changers, tune in to next week's episode where we're going to be talking advocacy. Who's going to speak out for me on my behalf where I will have special guest Kimberly Wright's grave, principal awesome woman who's going to share her perspective on what it takes to advocate for your sugar in the district. She has a lot of great information she's going to share with us. I can't wait to have her on the show, y'all. Until the next time, take care.